Blog Talk Radio. of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. And as always, as we do before every and every show that we do, make sure you can check it out on multiple platforms. First and foremost, you can check it out on Blog Talk Radio right here. All you got to do is go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live. Um, if you don't want to listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio, you do have other options outside of that as well. Uh, you got a smartphone, Apple or Android, it don't matter. Uh, you just go into your app store and go search the TuneIn Radio app, and then from there, uh, hit that download button, search, hit that download button, and you'll be able to uh, down, listen to us on the TuneIn Radio app. All you got to do is just uh, search us on there, Total Sports Live on there, and then as always, we're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. So all you got to do if you have a smart, if you have an iPhone, excuse me, or an iPod Touch, Right or oh, all you have to do is go to the app store. Well, not the app store. Excuse me. <laughs> go to the podcast app on your on your iPhone or Apple product. Search Total Sports Live TSO Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate everybody, everybody that has done that and leaves us a review because we try to make this podcast as well as good for your listening ears and pleasure and. Last but not least, also make sure you check out TotalSportsLive.com. A lot of great Eagles content up there this week. Had stuff from the opening uh, night media uh, presser. Got a lot of great stories up there from a wide, Wilson, a wide, uh, a wide variety of contributors and sapphires. A lot of more content uh, coming uh, tomorrow. Uh, and, and for Saturday, and then obviously Sunday, there's a lot more content coming to your guys' place. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're checking out the site. Make sure uh, you follow on Twitter at Total Sports Live and like Facebook page as I just said. But we got a game to talk about. Super Bowl 52 is less than um, – it's uh, it's about less than 70 where the Philadelphia Eagles will be taking on the New England Patriots in – Minneapolis, Minnesota. Both teams are practicing in Bloomington, Minnesota, the home of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and it should be a good game, a lot of excitement and a lot of hype surrounding this game, even though it might not seem like it, depending on which media outlet you're watching or reading, but there is a lot of excitement about this game, and now on tonight's uh, podcast, we're going to be uh, talking about the game, looking at, you know, the national media and why uh, and why there is a lot of national media give not giving a lot of credit to the Eagles in this matchup. We're also going to talk about X fact potential X factors in this game. Um, what do the Eagles need to do? The what they need to do to win? And look at Nick Foles. And we're going to go back into the wayback machine, going back to the year 2005, and to going back to Super Bowl 39, the last time these two teams met up, where the Eagles fell 24 to 21. But before we do all of that, as always, joining me on the podcast is my co-host, the one and only, 
And so, Montoni, Angela, how are you doing on this Thursday night? Like I said, less than 72 hours away from kickoff in Minneapolis, Minnesota, U.S. Bank Bills or Stadium, whatever they I call think, it. Yeah, I think that I'm doing the same as just about everybody in this area, trying to figure out how to hit the pause button and fast forward all at the same time. Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. You're right. I think I think we're all doing that. We're all just. I think we're all going through the we're all going through the motions right now. Like you said, we're trying to fast forward to Sunday, but then we want to press pause right now because once we know we're in the throes of that game, there's no turning back. <laughs> no, it's not even just that. It's like just a, like I don't know. I I'm kind of enjoying the spectacle at this point right now. Usually mm-hmm. I don't like to admit that I'm in it. I don't like to admit that I'm in it, but we all are. And, like, right now I'm just kind of enjoying this, like, constant flood of all things football and Eagles because usually this late in the year we're not talking about them unless we're looking towards next season. So, yeah, yeah. no, like, Paul's button comes from, like, I'm just kind of enjoying it at this point. But I want to hit fast forward because I want to get that game here so bad, especially because I was one of the lucky ones off to get my request off approved. Yes. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. You mm-hmm. got you got the blessing. You got the blessing. To oh, I'd have fought my coworkers' off. Hunger Games style. I'd fought my my coworkers' Hunger Games style to get off. It was it was going to happen one way or the other, but luckily, they were spared. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. This is this is a, this is a Indeed. special moment. You can't you can't you can't miss this. You can't miss this at all. And hopefully, you took off. For a good reason, because if they win, it'll be a good reason. But if they don't win, it could be a very, very sad Sunday night and Monday. It could be very depressing. But we're not trying to think that way. Uh, no, 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 no. Positive thoughts. Positive vibes. Yeah, for, we're trying to be very optimistic. And that's the first thing to talk about, our feelings. And people listen to our show, uh, what was that, last week? Thing was last week or the yeah was it last week yeah. or the week before? It was last yeah, Monday. Last Monday or Monday? We got yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so it was last, remember yeah. last when we talked when we were last on the podcast, we were with a sense of optimism uh, about this game. You know, saying okay, the Eagles do have a chance in the game, but they have to play this certain type of way and this certain, to play a certain type of way for them to come out with the W. All right, Andrew. You fast forward from the last time we did the show to now. Have your uh, feeling or thoughts changed about this game or how you're feeling about the Eagles? Has anything changed in your mindset? Um, I'm still pretty confident in the game, and I'll say it this way. I've I've been watching some tape uh, here and there over the past week, Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel, and like, I think, and there's also been stories written about this, like, because, you know, which team is better in the trenches? And I honestly think, think that that's where this game is going to be won. So I'm going to go on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. So on, def- on defense, right, the front four can run this formation where Fletcher Cox takes two O-linemen with him and then Brandon Graham can loop around and get in the hole. And then mm-hmm. um, Barnett and Long collapse are on the outside. This will not enable Brady to be able to step up in the pocket where he's most effective. And I think that they're going to really – that's where they're going to get him on on the defensive side of the ball. If we go on the other side of the ball, the offensive line, right, 
the Patriots D line isn't good enough. Well, not isn't good enough. Probably poor choice of words. Um, has shown difficulty. Better choice right there. Has shown difficulty defending the run out of the backfield. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, if they use Clement a la a Reggie Bush and just keep running um, dump offs and flats, then they'll be able to get their run game in successful rhythm, which will then open up the downfield for, for Nick Foles. So I think this game is one in the trenches where the Eagles are better in the trenches than the Patriots are. And I think that's just what it's going to come down to. I I would have to agree. I do agree with you. You said the Eagles defensive line. I think there's not a lot of credit being given to how good this Eagles defense is, specifically on this defensive line. And people that haven't watched the Eagles this year or this season and don't understand, they know Jim Schwartz is a defense coordinator, but not understand what Jim Schwartz has done with his Eagles defense, specifically with his defensive line. This defensive line goes seven deep. Yeah, I said mm-hmm. seven deep. He will start out. Yeah, they don't want to rush it before. Exactly. He will start out on first down. You will see Vinny Curry, Tim Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. But when it's second and long and third and long and you want to just pin your ears back and just send, and just send the dogs at him, he's bringing out Chris Long, um, Derek Barnett. You might see, you know, Vinny Curry in the inside of defensive tackle. You might see Brandon Graham in there. You might see Jernigan, Bo Allen, Destiny Vio. Like I said, these, this defensive line goes seven deep, and I don't think there is a lot of credit being given to how good this defense is. Defense is this, this, this defense is, excuse me, and I think that's going to be, like you said, I think that's a very good key and good point in this game because defensive line, for the Eagles to have any chance in this game, defense, the defense must get pressure on Tom Brady. We talked about that in the last podcast, and, you know, like I said, they're – is a recipe to success to beat the Patriots. We've seen it with Jacksonville. They just came up short. We've seen it against the Atlanta. We saw it in last year's Super Bowl, Atlanta Falcons. Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle, caused havoc in the middle of that Patriots uh, offensive line. And Grady Jarrett isn't Tim Jernigan, and he isn't Fletcher Cox, which means if Fletcher Cox is getting double teamed, that will open up opportunities for Tim Jernigan. And like you said, uh, Angela for Brandon Graham to loop around to come inside to make Brady not step up because that's where he's good at stepping up. If you want him moving sideways, you want him going east west, not north south. Because he goes east west, you definitely have a chance to get him. And like you said, the Eagles offensive line is definitely going to have to, you know, play good. Like I said, the Patriots defensive line has struggled this season. It's much maligned, um, not a lot of uh, pass rushing options on that defensive line. But that doesn't mean anything. The offensive line still has to do their job. Uh, Pui Vitae for Big V. I'm sorry if I butchered his first name. Uh, Big V, he's going to have to have another big game. He played outstanding against um, against Everson Griffin, against the Vikings on NFC Championship. He's going to have to step up again. I think Jalil, he mentioned that actually as one of his five players have to step up. He mentioned Tim Jernigan and Big V as players who have to step up in this game, and I totally agree uh, with that and with your sentiment about the offensive line. And I think Stephen Wisniewski, I think he's been the unsung hero, Angela, this offensive line. This guy has pretty much made the left guard position his, and he has just been one of those old-school road raider type of offensive linemen where he's going to maul that defensive, that whoever he is on, whoever he's facing on the defensive line. And when he gets out on a run, like we saw against the uh, – Atlanta Falcons. He's gonna he's gonna just knock some dudes out. I think he said on that play when uh they got sprung for that uh thirty yard screen pass something like that. He said he blacked out when he 
did that. And I and I think he's going to be key in this game as well. Really, he blacked out from anger when he did that. Yeah, he he just blacked out because he said he just he knew he hit those guys, but he just like blacked out. I guess because of the, the wow. emotion or 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 someone just, must be talking think, about his mama. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be. Uh, yeah, medulla oblongata and all. Um, yeah, that's actually I I that's the first time I've heard that, and that's amazing. That makes me like it so much more. If he blacked out from rage. <laughs> And he beat someone on the field. That's the kind of player you yeah. want in Philadelphia. Yes, you do. You definitely, uh, you definitely want a player like that, especially as your offensive lineman uh, playing like that. Here it is. I found a tweet from Jeff McQueen. Uh, he said, Stephen Wisniewski after the game. He said, "I'll be honest." Uh, let me see. I'm pulling it up. He said, "I'll be honest. I I kind of blacked out." I know I hit two guys. I don't remember how. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's an offensive lineman. Yeah, I, like to have. I got nothing, he, I got nothing he, more than that. And he was a, And if you look at what Harry Roseman has done with his team, you know, Wisniewski was a very underrated sign in the first year of the Doug Peterson era. You know, they signed Wisniewski to, I think, a three-year deal or something like that. He didn't know what position he was going to play. A lot of people thought, well, he could be your center. Jason Kelsey doesn't pan out, or he has it down here. And he's kind of took over that left guard position and done a great job, great job with it. And when we look more for more towards uh, this game and where is it going, a lot of people, a lot of people in the media, radio, television, print, whatever, online, social media, put it all in one media basket. There's been a lot of people not giving the Eagles much of a chance in this game, and it's kind of surprising. There's a lot of people not giving the Eagles a chance in this game. A lot of people are picking uh, the, the the Patriots to win and understandably why they have them winning. Um, right now, I think the line is at four and a half right now, where the Patriots are favored by four and a half. Eagles underdogs once again for the third straight game. But and why do you why do you believe? Why do you believe that the national media isn't giving the Eagles a chance uh, to giving them giving them a chance in this game? I've seen people say if Gronkowski plays, this game is going to be a blowout. If you're picking the Eagles, you're just doing it for you know sympathy or just to be that person. Why do you feel? Why do you, why 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 do you why why do you feel the national media is not giving the Eagles uh, much credit in this game coming up? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to boil it down and reduce it down to saying what I'm about to say. So like, I'm going to expand on it afterwards because I don't think it's fair to just like give you a one sentence answer. I think like a lot of people are picking the Patriots because it's the easy choice to make, and it's the easy choice to make because they are a good team. They've been there before. Obviously, they can. They know how to perform on that stage, and they know more importantly, they know how to win on that stage. And, you know, we saw it last year that no matter how much they're down, they're not out of it. Um, so you have to give them respect for that. So I think it's just – I think it's a, a lot of people just think it's an easy victory, which if that's what motivates the Eagles, which it has, because it's made them play pissed off in the last two playoff games. So by all means, piss them off one more time. It's working out for us. But I think it just comes down to that. Like, I don't want to say it's like they're the easy choice and like just boil it down to that because this is a team that really should garner a lot of respect. 
No doubt. Because they've been on this run for, oh, yeah, totally. Like, you can't totally, you can't completely be a hater. I mean, I'm not really a fan of the New England Patriots. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really care for them in terms of the IFC, Um, even, like, that they're not in our conference. It's just one of those things. But, you know, it's like I said on podcast before when speaking of my favorite NBA player, LeBron, I can respect the talent and the legacy while not really like personally thinking the player slash organization is that cool. But yeah, I just think that they think it's like an easy win and that's why it's so easy to just write it off that the Eagles aren't, don't have a chance. And um, I don't know, can we be realistic here and say that part of the reason the Eagles are being written off so quickly is because we have a backup quarterback under center. I, yeah. I think that's I think that's the case. I think, you know, um as I said before, had the rabbit not stopped the pee, he would have won the race. So I'm not gonna sit here and play that Carson Wentz game like what if he was playing because he's not. But I think if he were playing the national media might have a different little bit of a tune. I'm not talking about the game, the direction the game will go. Like we're not gonna get into any of that. But had he been playing, I think maybe the national media would have given him a little bit more credit. That being said you know, Nick has gone out there and done every single thing that has been asked of him. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that and can't nah, you, with him. No, you can't. You definitely so, can't, like you say. But let's be realistic here and not and, and not fake the funk and know that, you know, that, that part of the reason that we're considered underdogs is because is, is of who our quarterback is. And it's fine because that's been the rationale for the last two playoff games, and they went out there and proved them wrong both times. So mm-hmm. one more time, guys. That's all you got to do. And that's all we ask is just get one more win. That's all you ask for, one, one more, more win. That's simple, 60 minutes. That's all you got to get, 60 minutes of football, and we'll see if they hold on. But like you said, a lot of people have been uh, – have been counting this team out because of there's no Carson Wentz. And even when and even and even when Carson Wentz was even and even when Carson Wentz was was playing and playing this season, you know, a lot of people a lot of people felt as if you know this Eagles team still wasn't that good. Because remember, they got off to the seven and one, eight and one start, and they were questioning the Eagles like, yeah, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if they're for real or not. But you can't stop yeah that. the schedule argument. The schedule argument, which is the stupidest, which is the stupidest argument in the world, because you can only play who's in front of you, and the team doesn't control the schedule. I mean, Jesus, the teams control their schedule. They play the Cleveland Browns every week, right? So, but you're right; they weren't really getting respect that much when Carson Wentz was playing because who schedule this, schedule that, and you know, I guess it's just been the general theme of the season. So, might as well roll with it for one more game. You might as well. And then, like you said, the schedule argument is so ridiculous because when you look at the schedule, you sit there and you're just like, okay, well, we thought this team was going to be good there, wasn't it? When you see the Cardinals on the on the schedule, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a tough game. Not the Cardinals that we used to see. You know, David Johnson, Carson Palmer is not the same guy. Getting older up in the age, it's not the same. Um the Raiders, when you see the Raiders on the schedule, you're like, oh, there's another tough playoff game that's going to be tough down the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't the same Raiders team. Even Seattle was like, not the same Seattle team. No Earl Thomas. No, I think there was Earl Thomas. Let me take that back. There was Earl Thomas. No, no, what's the name? There was no Richard Sherman. You know, didn't really have a running game. Wasn't the same. So, like I said, the schedule argument is BS, but that's how some people lean on. And like you said, this is something Malcolm Jenkins talked about in the uh, – 
in the Super Bowl um, in the Super Bowl Fifty Two uh, opening night media presser. You know, talking about how a lot of people counted this team out all season. He said we have guys on this team that's been cut, that's been traded. Uh, you know, that have been drafted, you know, that have been, been drafted, you know, in positions where they thought they weren't, that they, that they, you know, they were drafted in lower positions and in lower spots than they thought they would. And you have a makeup of a, a bunch of guys who, you know, they feel like they've been slighted. They feel like it. I mean, shoot, you look at, you look at, you know, uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt. A lot of people wanted to, wanted LeGarrette Blunt cut in preseason. You know, you got that guy. This is the guy that's going against a former team that wouldn't pretty much give him the money after he had a career year last year. Remember that. He had a mm-hmm. career year at the Patriots. Yeah. He had 18 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards rushing, and they didn't want to give him the cash. So he came here. You got a guy in Jay Ajayi. So Ajay, he's not motivated. Right. You got him. You got Jay Ajayi, who the Dolphins pretty much turned their back on because he was – I guess too real for you know for what he was saying and uh, to the to the front office too blunt I guess you got that you got Jalen Mills who's a second who's a seventh round draft pick that's going to be starting in the Super Bowl on the outside a seventh round pick is starting on the outside you got a guy Patrick Robinson another guy who a lot of people want to cut off this off this team um, you have Michael Kendricks who you thought he wanted to be gone. But he's played phenomenally well. I mean, there's a lot of storylines where you can point to and say, yeah, I see why this team is an underdog. and Yeah, I see why this team, you know, has something to fight for and play for. So when you look at that, you know, we'll see what happens on uh, Sunday as the Eagles will be taking on the New England Patriots 630 on NBC in Super Bowl 52. Um Looking more at the X's and O's factor as we got through past national media and our feelings about who do you think will be an X factor in this game and for the Eagles? You know, a lot of people, you know, you look at the Patriots on the offensive side of the ball, they got weapons, you know, they got the, they got Deion Lewis who's been who the former Eagle Deion Lewis who's been phenomenal in New uh phenomenal in New England. Uh you got Rob Rob Gronkowski, obviously, Brandon Cooks, uh Chris Hogan, defense, you got Stefan Gilmore, you got McCordy. Um, you got playmakers on both sides of the ball for the Eagles, and who do you think will be an expert to help, you know, that could help tilt the game in the Eagles' favor? Ooh. Um, as random as it's going to sound, mm-hmm. I think if there was, like, some, like, sneaky little character that could get some receptions in because they're not really being paid attention to, I don't uh-huh. know. I think we hear... I think we hear Trey Burton's name a lot more Ooh. than you think we're going to. Ooh. I think I they like run, that. you know what I mean? I, th- I think there are some plays where they run Earth, Selleck, and Burton out there, and then Trey Burton just kind of sneaks away because he obviously doesn't command as much attention as those two. And then you have those two as blockers, too, because those two are both really good blockers. Mm-hmm. I think we hear I think we hear Trey Burton's name a lot more than than we think we're going to. Whether or not he has a touchdown, I'm not going to call that one. I want to say that he wants that he has one, but I definitely foresee him having like a few highlight worthy receptions this game, just because you're not thinking that he's going to do it, and because like I said, if they were to run that kind of formation where they would run the three of them out there at the same time, use Ertz and Selleck to block, obviously they're going to pay attention for one of them to try to break free on a dump route, and then Burton can kind of get down the field. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I definitely, I like, I like that. I like that predict. I like that predict. I like that actually. Trey Burton, um, he's been really good this season. It's almost been like a coming out party. It's almost been like a coming out party. Uh, yep, cue up Diana Ross. Yes, it's, it's been, he he's definitely came out this season, and you know he's up. He's gonna be upcoming for agent, and you know the next month or so. So we interested to see what the Eagles do with him. Hopefully they keep him because he's definitely evolved into a weapon from a just a special teams guy to a guy who can give mismatch problems. This is a guy that can play in line at a tight end, or you can flex him outside, and he can line up as wide receiver. So I like that uh, pick as an X factor. Uh, one guy I'm looking at as well as a potential X factor in this game. I think Nelson Aguilar could be an X factor in this game. Um, I yep. think he's going to have opportunities, especially with the way that Doug Peterson is uh, the way that Doug Peterson is using is using him uh, right now, uh, getting him the ball. You know, trying to get him, you know, in the space. You know, having him lined up in the backfield, getting these quick pitches, and I think he will have opportunities to make plays, especially against. The Patriots opposing Nick Corner, who is none other, check this out, who is none other than former Eagle Eric Rowe. So I think he will have some opportunities against his his former teammate. Because I think, you know, I think Alshon Jeffrey and Tori Smith are going to have their hands full with Malcolm Butler and um, Mm -hmm. Stephon Gilmore. So I think that could lead to some opportunities for Nelson Aguilar to get open. Because the Patriots, you got to think about, they're going to be thinking, we can't let Torrey Smith go beat us deep. We got to keep Alshon in front of us. Uh, Zachers, we got to keep in front of us. So hey, that might leave Nelson Aguilar open to just find a little bit of space and just do what he does best, which is just catch the ball. And we've seen him, especially if he gets matched up against the linebacker in a perfect situation. That Carolina game, he was matched up against the linebacker and took it in for a touchdown. So Burton and uh, Aguilar could be two guys that could cause some havoc for the Patriots defense uh, coming up on Sunday. And wouldn't that be a great storyline too? Like the unsung heroes. Yeah. I mean, I especially Nelson because I was one of those people. I wanted him gone. You know how many of us wanted him gone? Like he really showed us what he's capable of this year. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, he's got one more game of that performance left in him, and then we'll see however he progresses later in his career. But you know, like I, like I said, there's there's tape where I just bash him left and right. Um, so, I mean, like, you always like those kind of stories for your, your X-Factors, your Unsung Heroes, and possibly, you know, Super Bowl MVPs, but I guess we'll see. Hey, he could be. I mean, we look in the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, who would have thought Andre Iguodala would be the NBA Finals As MVP? A six you know? Exactly. As a six exactly. Man. And it took Steve Kerr to put him in a starting lineup to be that X-Factor, that neutralizer. On the uh, against LeBron James and company, and it, and it worked out, and it worked out well for him. So, Trey Burton, Nelson Aguilar, two names to keep your eyes out for on uh, on Super in Super Bowl uh, Fifty Two. Um, moving on here, and we talked about the X factors, but they have to do a couple of things to win on um, to win on uh, what's that thing to win on Sunday. Um, I'm going to give you a quick sentence, and it's going to be a, one of those fill-in-the-blanks, you know, the things we do in, in school. You know, you got to oh, fill-in-the-blank okay. with, with a word or whatever. So, Rapid for the fire. Eagles to win, 
Yes, rapid fire coming right at you. For the Eagles to win on Sunday, they must do blank. They must take the pocket away from Tom Brady. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Like we said, you know, he, if, if you if you if if you allow him to step up and give him just enough time, he will carve up your defense. You have to have mm-hmm. him holding the ball, which means that your linebackers, I mean, your defensive line must get his grill fast. If he's a quarterback that can get the ball off in two seconds or in two seconds or faster, and it's going to be, I think, I think even if the defensive line doesn't get pressure on Brady initially. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the Eagles secondary, especially the two corners, Mills and Darby, to keep Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan in front of them at all times and Gronkowski in front of them all times because if Brady even has just an ounce a second more, he can make plays that can just make you just say, how did he do that? And we saw that against Jacksonville, especially on that last touchdown to Danny Amendola. You know, the Jaguars played perfect defense, but Brady had just that extra second, and he finds Amadola in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So I agree with you. I definitely think they do have to uh, they do have to take the pocket away from him, especially for a quarterback in Brady who is getting up there in age, and it's not the most mobile quarterback at that, too. I have to say, between Nick Foles and Tom Brady, Nick Foles is a more mobile quarterback than Tom Brady. Nick Foles isn't more mobile. Nick Foles isn't a more mobile quarterback than a lot of people. So that is saying something. That is true. I mean, it, it, it crazy, and I think, and I think that's going to be another key, and another key in this game as well. We saw that in the Minnesota, where in the Minnesota game, where he wasn't like mobile, meaning like running to pick up yards, but he was moving the pocket, extending plays. Those are the types of things that can kill a defense. We saw that on that Nelson Aguilar pass where he steps up in the pocket, keeps his eyes down the field, and gets the ball, floats it down the field. Aguilar gets a big game for 40-something yards. Those are plays, those are the type of plays that can that can turn the game in your momentum or it can be a game changer as well. So I agree with you. Definitely got to take the uh, definitely gotta take the pocket away from Tom Brady. And speaking of Nick Foles, and um, do the Eagles need him to have a to to have a, another 350 yard performance for them to win on Sunday? Does he need to be as perfect as he was against the against the uh, against the uh, what's that thing against the New York not New York I'm thinking against the Minnesota Vikings or does he need or does or can he get away with giving like, giving the Eagles a performance of like he did when he first played against the New York Giants when he had four touchdowns? Uh, um, well, obviously you want the Nick Foles to perform against the Vikings because the Vikings have the better defense. Correct. Um, but would the Eagles win if he only were, we're saying only throw for four touchdowns? Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think 28 points would certainly be enough to get in the W with our defense. I agree. I agree so, with I you. Mean, to, I totally agree. To, to answer your question, whether or not it's the Nick Foles that threw for four touchdowns, I mean, but 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 again, it, uh, Giants game. Let's. I don't even want to really like touch on that because 
you have to understand like the, the Giants. Um, but yeah, like if he can still if he can filter up for four touchdowns, I think that would be enough. Um, I'm pretty confident that would be enough. But mm-hmm. you need to recognize that the Patriots secondary is really good. Yeah. Yes, it is. So you have to be realistic in knowing that they're probably going to go pretty run heavy, which is okay mm-hmm. because again, New England's defense has problems defending the run out of the backfield. Yes. So if they go run heavy, the line will collapse, and then that will open up their long balls. And you know what I mean? Then you can kind of gamble a little bit. But mm-hmm. four t- I, don't, I don't see why four touchdowns out of Nick Foles shouldn't be enough to win the game because you also got to figure, like, maybe there's a field goal thrown in there too. Right, right. And, uh, so and, like and, the Eagles talk. The Eagles score 31. Do they give up 31? Does that defense give up 31? I don't think so. Oh, my God. I don't, I, and I don't think our hearts can take that. <laughs> no. I don't no. I don't want, we don't want to go down that route. And I think mm-hmm. Nick Foles and we were talking, I think I was listening to something. Um, I was listening to something today. It was like uh, Nick Foles is a – he's a streaky quarterback. And that when he's when – he's, uh, Oh, yeah, when I was on the Best in the World Sports Report, we were talking with Rob Ellis, you know, and he mentioned the point that, you know, when Nick Foles is on, he's on. Like, when he's in the zone and he's playing comfortable and he's playing confident, he's on. And I think we've seen it in his career where if he gets into a rhythm and he's confident in what he's doing and the decision he's making, no one can really stop him. And that's just being brutally honest. No one can stop him. But when he's not on, he looks bad. And right now, Ange, I think he's in a good place right now. And I think he's very confident in his skills and his ability. And I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Peterson continues to work with him on the things that make him confident, which means I would not be I would not be surprised, like you said, if they, you know, would use the RPO some more in the Super Bowl because why change the game plan that got you? Continue using the RPO. No, don't you have to do it like how you did it against Atlanta, which was a, con, con, a consistent thing in the second half. But use it effectively to where, if the matchup lends itself to it, you can get some plays open uh, for you. And then, like you said, they got the running game. Pound the rock. You got Laguerre Blunt, you know, who's going to be your red side monster. Because let's keep it real. James Harrison on the other side. But if it's James Harrison, Laguerre Blunt, I'm taking James. Har- I'm taking Laguerre Blunt all day, every day to, you know, bowl mm-hmm. over James Harrison. And you got Jay Ajayi, who's, you know, he's one of the, you know, he's one of the out of every Philadelphia player that I think I've seen over these last couple of years. And I think he's one of the most critical of himself. Like, he criticizes himself to, uh, to a T. And it's kind of, you kind of feel bad for him in a way because he takes, he, 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 really, he really gets hard on, he really gets down on himself. When he doesn't have a good mm-hmm. game, and he's very, he's overly he criticizes himself a lot, but you can see that kind of makes him a better player, and I think he's going to be key in this game too. He's the type of guy that, again, like we said, when they traded for him, when you trade for this type of guy, that's the guy that you pound the rock with twenty five times. Get him in the screen game. Get Corey Clement in the screen game. Swing passes, third down weapons. Use your running back. If you do that, you will be successful in Super Bowl 52. Completely agree. And that's the thing. Like, there are 
plenty of formulae for success for the Eagles, and I think that's why like, I'm at least confident in it. You know, it's any given Sunday, obviously. They have just as much of a chance to go in there and lose as they do to win. And I, by no means, am trying to, like, sound like I'm having, quote, happy-to-be-here syndrome because it's not my thought process at all. I want them to win yeah. on Sunday. Yes. Like need them to win on Sunday. You want to know what? Why? <laughs> because people like you and me who have been with this damn team through good, bad, and indifferent, some of us are older than others and have lived through darker times, but we're not going to talk about that because I don't like to date myself. Enough is enough. And it's been almost 10 years since we had a championship in the city. I don't want us to go back to being habitual losers. And it's kind of the pain no. we had it if we right. went on Sunday. Yeah. We could be heading to that territory, territory like you said. But no, yeah, but we're not. We're not. Losers. Positive no, thoughts and positive vibes. Eagles have every and, opportunity to win that game, and there's no reason they should not win that game on Sunday. I mean, if the Patriots win, it's going to come down to the fact that they were just a better team that day because, again, they are a really good team, and you got to give them respect. But – I think there are just way too many check marks in the Eagles column in terms of advantages and disadvantages. And maybe even if like the number of that is pretty even, I think where the Eagles have the advantages of the better one or the better choices. I I, I, I agree with you. And you mentioned that this team, you know, it's been 10 years since it's just Philadelphia's last one in championship. If you take minus Philadelphia soul, you know, four major sports teams, the last one has been as the Phillies in 08. And I've thought about this for the last few weeks. And I think I mentioned it on our previous shows a few weeks ago as well. When comparing this team, because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl 39 in a couple of minutes, 1718 reminds me of the Phillies of 08. In that the Phillies of 08, you know, you didn't, you, you you thought that they were going to be good, but you didn't know they were going to make that World Series run. But they just they just gelled together at the right moment, and every there wasn't like a dominant superstar. Like they had good players at certain positions. Like they had very good All Star players at certain positions on that team. But what made them so special was, like I said, they gelled together. They played for each other. And in the playoffs, they just had those special moments after special moment. Uh, like we said, Victorino hitting a home run, hitting a grand slam off of, uh, off of Sabathia, Brett Myers getting the walk, Matt Stairs. Yeah, the 11-pitch walk that right. set Victorino up to come up and hit that home run. Um, I've said this before, that team right there, that team was not the best team on paper, but that was the team that yeah. wanted it most. And yes. that's the same vibe I get from this Eagles team. Yeah, they they wanted more, and like I said, Matt Stairs hit the home. Victorino hit the home, and then Matt Stairs hit the home run. They get to Tampa. Tampa, you know, they 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 go through a magical run themselves. So people, not a lot of people picking the Phillies. Phillies stick strong. They stay strong. Have a couple of blowout games. Utley home runs. Howard home runs. They just Jeff Jenkins gets the hit in Game Five. Jamie Moyers on the mound pitching. We're talking unsung heroes. The same kind of formula that the Eagles team has. Unsung heroes. LeGarrette Blunt, Chris Long, Nick Foles, Torrey Smith. This team has the same makings of this of that OA Philly team, and I really believe that the 
deep down inside, this team has the same makings of that team. Yeah, it's a nice, fuzzy little warm feeling, actually. But I agree with you. I think that's, like, a really good analogy because, like I said, like, this Eagles team obviously is not the best team on paper, but I think this is the team that wants it more. Mm Mm-hmm. And, excuse me, using the Phillies as an example, like, especially that team, because, like, that was the same exact way, like, you had role players that all contributed in their own way, and it was like a total, like, friggin', like, weave of effort that all came together at the right time. This team is not one, two, or three, like, individual stars. This team is, like, the whole roster up and down. whole team, like I said, the whole roster up and down. Like you said, there's no dominant superstar like it was in 04, and let's talk about it. We're going back in time. Taking it, we're going back in the wayback machine here. We're getting into the, okay. we're getting into, we're getting into DeLorean. Going back to 2005. All right, here we go. All right, oh, going back to Super Bowl 39. Here we go. We're back in Super Bowl 39, and it's 24-21. It wasn't great. We go back and look at that game. The Eagles start out very good. Roger Hood. Who knew? Roger Hood gets a great opening kickoff to start the game, 40 yards, but. Eagles turn over the ball like three or four times in the first half alone. McNabb throws the interception. T.O. has an amazing game with a metal rod in his league. If anybody ever wants to question this man's uh, toughness and how good of a player he was, that game summed up how good of a player T.O. was uh, in that game playing that way. Brian Westbrook had a touchdown. G. Lou, Greg Lewis had a touchdown. Payson had a couple of great catches. Uh, great catches in this game. Uh, L.J. Smith had a touchdown, but McNabb did not play well. The defense, they, they, they got cooked on a little on a couple of plays. Vrabel, Mike Vrabel gets a touchdown off a of play action. Now Mike Vrabel's a head coach now. I think that's so weird. Um, hmm. Brady makes the plays, and McNabb in the end. Honestly, bad time management by Andy Reid in this game, obviously. But McNabb throws the interception to uh, – Rodney Harrison. Harrison and Rodney Harrison decides to uh, flap his wings like an eagle. And this, yes, and I mean, it's crazy because Rodney Harrison, they talked to him on NBC Sports of Philly. I saw the video of Michael Barkan, and it was like, what he had, if he had anything to say to Eagles fans, and Rodney Harrison said, Thank you, Freddie Mitchell. And also, thank Freddie you to the city of Philadelphia for talking. Th- also, shout out to the city of Philadelphia and the Eagles. I think for already planning this parade at that time too, because I think there was something mentioned about that. And Belichick had like told their, told the players that they already had their parade route laid out and everything like that. Okay, I've actually heard yeah. this argument recently, right? That maybe the Eagles got such disrespect because of the fact that they were planning their parade route. Okay, well, first off, if Belichick told them that at halftime, let's be let let let's put it all out there right now. If that's the narrative that we're going with, and Belichick put it out there on halftime, why were they flapping their wings in the first half? So debunk right there. Uh, second of all, in Philadelphia, we have one parade route. One. I know Literally. that we've only Literally. had a few parades. I know that we've only had a couple of them. But literally, it's the same route every time. It's Broad Street from City Hall down to the stadium. There is only one parade route. So to say that we were quote-unquote, planning our parade route. Dude, 
that thing is already planned when the ticket to the game is stamped. We know what the Literally. route is. Yep. So I, I really, I really, oh, the Eagles earned their disrespect because they were planning their parade route. We don't have to plan the parade route. It's already pre-established. <laughs> so, so, he, so, I mean, hey, kudos to him. He was smart enough to know to say to fire his players up, but I just think that's it's true. laughable and it's and it's invalidity. Yeah, that's <clears> right. <throat> Wings thing was annoying when I was rewatching the highlights of that game. Like they were really the Patriots. What happened really in the first half? Like they were making that like a and monster. The, like yep. for some reason, they felt so angry about that. I was like, huh? You guys are the ones that are a dynasty coming up, not the Eagles. Why are you taking so much offense to this? Right. It's just, I think I just think it's hilarious because, like I said, like if that's like the whole like thing, like he told them at halftime, that's when they started flapping in, and they did that in the first half too. So mm. they, they told, yeah, it was that pre, it was before. It was a before. It was that I think one of their practices or team meetings. Belichick held, and he oh, went over okay. like this is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah it's like I think there's like NFL films or something based on like something like this. There's Holly of it, and they show like team meetings like but they're it, already planning for Ray around and blah blah blah. But it's the thing. The thing is, like we don't even need to plan that. It's pre-established. Like I don't need to plan my Saturday night. I'm working. That's pre-established. That's always a constant. Right. There is one parade route in Philadelphia. Oh, Jesus. He just played on a bunch of people who have no idea how things work outside of their city of origin, and I guess he can't really fault them for that because, I don't know, there could be, like, 50 different parade routes in New York for all I know. I just know that in 2008, David Wright shot a 72 on Wednesday. Yeah, that's true. He did. He did. He did. And and you know and we look like I said we look back at '04 and it was, it was a rough Super Bowl. It was very tough because it, you thought yeah. you thought that this was a chance that this was this was it after not getting there in 2002 and you're thinking oh my God we could have beat these Ra- this Raiders team come back in '04 they don't get it done you're like whoa oh my God like are we ever going to get back there again with this core group especially with the Ugh, and we didn't, but especially with the way that it ended, Freddie Mitchell, is there any more aggravating player that ever put on Midnight Green in the modern you era? Don't go, you don't go to T.O., you go to Freddie Mitchell. Yeah, no, dude, listen, Not I respect T.O. for what he did for the team. T.O. went out on a broken leg and tore God knows what in his ankle. His doctor told him not to go out. No one knew he was playing that day until freaking game time. I give game Theo time. all the respect in the world for as much of a – And he had nine you know, catches for 122 yards. Yeah. For as much as I, you know, give Theo crap over the years for having rocks in his head from time to time, he backed it up on the field. No, Freddie Mitchell, I'm sorry, is the most aggravating player that played for the Eagles at, since the turn of the century because man did that little – had a motor mouth and he could not back it up. He reminds me of one of those like little dogs with a big bark. Yeah. And he doesn't pay his taxes. Well, that too. Pay your taxes, the Freddie. People, the people, the people, the people chant. The people's champ did not do that. He does not pay his taxes. I think he does that. People's now. champ. Who's who's people's champ? He wasn't Eagles. Remember, he was people's champ. He had, remember, he had one remember, good remember, play. 
Remember, he walked around with the championship belt, Mr. Fourth and 26. Oh, God. Yeah, right. His one, his, his he one highlight. Over, he his, barely got over that yard line. Actually, no. You know what? That's not his one highlight in Eagles uniform. That's one of his one highlights in Eagles uniform. His second uh-huh. highlight in Eagles uniform is when that pass went off his hands into Rodney Harrison. Freddie Oh, Mitchell. yeah. I got to look at McNabb on that one to say, McNabb, why not the T.O.? Oh, Jesus. Yo, I would even go to Todd Pinkston before Freddie Mitchell. Like, Jesus. There were at least four separate times where McNabb had T.O. open downfield. Here's the thing, and here's the thing that some people don't want to admit about their beloved number five. Don't try to get it twisted. Donovan was just as much of a diva as T.O., and when he had T.O. open down the field, why didn't he want to throw it to him? Because Donovan did not want T.O. to be the hero. No one will ever convince me otherwise. T.O. catches that friggin' – T.O. catches that game-winning – touchdown and they win that Super Bowl T.O. is the hero T.O. is the one that goes down in the storybooks and Donovan's Mm -hmm. just sitting on his thumbs still in like I'm the one you booed when you drafted me I'm the one that's been here the longest oh but you're going to make him the hero let's be realistic Donovan did not want T.O. to be the hero can we argue that that's why they lost Super Bowl 39 we can argue that certainly but at the same time it's neither here nor there because that's not the story T.O. said yeah, that yeah. on Twitter recently, like that number. That Have you watched did the game? Not get along. And you some watched people it? did not. Sorry. If you watch the game, you can see it. Like, if you watch the game and pay attention for it, you'll see that he's downfield multiple times, and Donovan looks downfield at him and refuses to throw it at him. And just imagine, he could have had, like, more than 120-something receiving yards. <laughs> They'd have won the game. He would have cared about individual performance at that point. I wouldn't. Hey, but T.O. T.O. would never have to buy a thing in this town again. Even if everything played out the way it did, he would never have to buy a thing in this town again. No. But, you know, at the same time, I just wrote a piece about how we're not harping on Super Bowl 39. So I'm not trying to even, like, be bitter that we didn't win. Like, my beef, obviously, that we didn't win Super Bowl 39 is not with the New England Patriots. It's more so with Tom and Graham. Yes. Which I'm sure the Donovan disciples will be coming for me yet again. But bring it. I'm holding down the fort for Team Randall anyway. (laughs) As 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 you should. You definitely should be. Um, holding it down. And like she said, she wrote about it. So if you didn't read it, you need to go read it on TotalSportsLive.com. The Eagles' biggest, the Eagles' best revenge is winning Super Bowl 52. So if you're still having revenge on the mind about Super Bowl 39, if you're still pissed at the Patriots about that, don't worry. Soft if they win on Sunday. And that leads us to prediction time because we got to wrap this puppy up. Prediction time. All right, and what's your prediction? For Super Bowl 52, the Philadelphia Eagles, led by both in Doug Peterson, going up against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The dynasty versus the underdog. <laughs> Eagles 24, Patriots 21. Ooh, my heart. Ooh, Wouldn't my that heart. be some poetic justice? 
Oh yes, it will be poetic justice, but that'd be a close game. So, 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 so it's going to be a close right, game. Or... It's going to be a close game, regardless. Right. Buckle up, buddy. Get ready for it. All right. So, all right. So, so it's twenty-one. So, so how do we get to the twenty-four? Are we like tied at twenty-one, twenty-one type of thing? Like, what the hell? Like, how do we get to this twenty-four? No, like I'm supposed to like bring down like break down like a whole game prediction. Um, oh no, I think no, no. Whole, I just I no. think <laughs> I think this whole no, first was two touchdowns. I think like Garrett Blunt. Um, I like some combination. I think Nick Foles throws for two. I think Legarrette Blunt gets one, and I think there's obviously a field goal in there because it's 24. Whether it's the game-winning one, I could be. Oh, Jake Elliott the goat. Jake Elliott the goat. <laughs> Could be a really long one. Who knows? One of them five points in fantasy, Johns. Oh, man. Jake Elliott would never invite me to this town again. The goat. We like Caleb's third to six for playing. Don't worry about next season. Yeah. He's coming back. Don't let the door hit you, buddy. Shout out to but Caleb. no, like, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think Nick throws for two. I think LeGarrette Blunt gets one, and then I, 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 don't know where the, I don't know where the hell the field goal comes in. That's like, like, I'll take it. I because because I enjoy plot lines and poetic justice and all that. That's why I want to say Eagles twenty four twenty one. Because wouldn't that be something? Yes, it would be something. In my prediction, I have the Eagles winning twenty eight twenty four over New England. I think as long as I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be close. Don't ask me how they're going to get there. We talked about. I talked. We talked about on the best of the world sports on about this scenario. You know. Yeah, about, you know, certain scenarios like if the Patriots somehow come down and win it, you know, would you be devastated? Um, Rob Ellis, who was on, like I said, who was on Best in World Sports, he came up with a crazy scenario. He said, I think he said he had the Eagles winning 21-17, and guess how he has it playing out. And he says that the Eagles are going to be dropping, the Patriots are going to be dropping the ball down the sill, right? Yes. And somehow they're 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 driving and they're at, they're already at the forty, so they're driving down the field. And Brady throws a pass and is intercepted by Malcolm Jenkins to end the game. Jenkins slides on the turf after catching the ball. Game over. Eagles win. Ah, oh, this gave me chills. It could happen like that. Uh, I mean, our heart. Anything could happen. Our throat. Our hearts would be in our throats at that moment. <laughs> it's gonna be that way regardless. Yes, it will. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the Atlanta game, but just ten, but just a hundred times more intense. Don't don't put that bad juju on us. I'm not putting the bad juju on you. Don't bring that's... up the list. Don't bring up the list. I've I've been no I'm talking like uh, I'm talking about the NFC Championship I mean the NFC Oh I see you were talking about the last Patriots Super Bowl no 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 like why would you do that (laughs) No any every team can learn a lesson from that Yeah at least I hope they would One like you say yeah you hope they would but um that's going to wrap up the podcast but before we do wrap up as always as wrap up and end the podcast. We always do something called Angela's Final Thought. If you watch Jerry Springer, you know Jerry always wraps up the craziness on his stage with people dressing up like all different types of things, finding out that the person they were sleeping with was actually a man and all this crazy stuff. 
and finding out somebody was somebody's cousin that they didn't know, but somehow Jerry brings it all together with his final thoughts <laughs> on the scenario and kind of brings a and brings a, a a rap to what happened and brings some reality to the situation. Same here, same thing here on the podcast. Whatever we're talking about, we bring some reality to the situation. Let Angela talk about whatever on her mind from the world of sports, the world of politics, music, anything in between. So with that being said, it's time for Angela's final thoughts. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to be a little bit sentimental with mine tonight because, like, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot when I've talked to people about, like, oh, my God, the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, are they going to win? You know, I've heard from a lot of people, like, I wish so-and-so was here to say, see this. Like, I wish so-and-so, was, like, was here. And I think we all have, like, people in our lives that have passed away that were huge Eagles fans that, you know, should they win on Sunday, like, we're all going to immediately, like, think of them, like, damn, if they could see this. Um, and I just think that that's like one of the great things about like being part of like the fandom that it's not just about you and it's not just about the team, it's about everyone and how we all experience it at the community. Um, so like, that's something obviously like I've been thinking about a really good friend of mine, Bird was a huge Eagles fan, like my uncle Ralph and like, I can go down the list and keep like listing other people. And, you know, I keep thinking that like, damn, I wish they could see this. They'd be so happy right now. They'd be so pumped. And you know what, man? They can say it because we all can say it. So just when, if they, this is just like, I don't know. So on Sunday night, as the game's going on, like, just don't forget about, like, your fans that you knew and your family and your friends that came before you that helped you become maybe a better fan because they were awesome to watch games with and you kind of replicated some of their behavior and while they physically might not be there to say it like maybe like you yell a certain curse word at the ref when they make a bad call and then that's them being there vicariously through you um not to be all morbid i didn't mean for that to sound more but it kind of came out that way you understand what i'm saying right yes i definitely understand uh, what you're saying and hey that's what you got it hey like you said, there's many people that we all lost that, you know, will be excited for this moment, and hopefully they do win. And if they do win on a Sunday. It's for all it of them. Night, it's, yes, it is, and it's for all of them, man. It will be a party on Brush Street yes. Sunday night if they do pull and it off. Fr- and Frankfurt and Cotman. Yeah, don't forget about the Northeast here. And the poles are in Greece, so happy climbing, people. Yes, do it. Do it. Climbing is all for it. Do it. If you got to do it, Take do pictures, it. Take pictures. Go on Facebook Live. Do it all. Um, but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, tune in, everybody. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week, hopefully talking the Eagles Super Bowl win. We'll see what happens. For me and everyone, like I said, check out TotalSportsLive.com. Follow us on Twitter at Joe Montana and at and at Angemontana. And we will check you, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Hopefully talking about the Eagles win. Everyone have a good one. Bye, everyone.